Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Escobar, a.k.a. December's very own. And to my left is my co-host. Hey, niggers. Again, with the hard E, with the hard R. Why gotta be the hard R? Ah, fucking Uncle Ruckus sounding ass. <laughs> Do better. It's your girl, Stephanie. I think this is the best my voice has sounded in like two weeks, two months, a month, just a solid month. Well, you was out here being booked and busy. Yeah, I was less booked this weekend. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. So catch us up on your life. You have you 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 was you was out last week, so you got two weeks worth of hopefully juicy, entertaining stories. To no, tell. not really. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what I did the weekend before last, so... <laughs> you have the memory of a goldfish. Yeah. And the intention span of one, too. Yeah. Pooch out. What did you, so what did you do this weekend? This past week... Um, forget what I did this weekend. Anyways, I went on a date on Thursday, right? A little background to this person. The person was, like, it's someone who's, like, been kind of present, but, like, you know... like everyone A six-man. We call those the six men. Well, then every guy a day would be a six man because you pop up for a little bit. You might get a little bit of playing time. Then you kind of just like do your own thing. But it's just, I feel like it's like. I feel like it's like what? It's mutual, you know, like they be there and they don't be there and they come back. Yeah. Oh, the week before last, I went on a couple of dates. That's what I did. No. So and then normal. last week I went on two dates. So it's like your, your normal quota. At least you. Okay. I don't think I'm going on any this week, though, so. The world is about to come to an end. Oh. Anyways, back to the date. So I met up with a guy, and we went to dinner, and this person was telling me, he was like, you know, every time your name comes up, uh, you know, people, like, talk about you and all the niggas you mess with, da 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 and I was just like, I don't know. I had a very Monique moment about it. Like, if you can't name names, leave it on the playground. <laughs> but also at the same time, like, the way I feel about it is, like, if people are talking about me but nobody's saying it to my face, are people really talking about me? Yes. No. <laughs> okay, so we have two different definitions for talking about you. There's a difference for being cows about it. but That's just words being said. None of it's truth. If you, if you can't come to me and have that conversation with me, then what you're saying is just... Words, fillers. You're just throwing, like, none of that shit means anything. It doesn't mean anything even if they come to you and say it. Like, I think maybe... Well, I think it means more if you say, if you, like, are saying it to my face or, like, trying to understand, like, what's really happening. Like, for instance, if somebody's calling me a hoe, because that essentially that's what's being said. If somebody's calling me a hoe, like, that really means nothing. One, we all know how I feel about the word hoe. We're not going to get into this discussion today. Two... I'm a hoe because I date. And then your afterthought of that is, well, if she's dating all these niggas, she must be fucking all these niggas, too. Like, half these niggas don't fuck me, so. Congratulations, you're a dummy. Look, people are going to talk regardless, right? No, what are, that's not even the point. What's the, okay. I can hear less about me, that. Lead me to the point. That's not the point. Lead Anyways, this person point. said this, and then he was, like, saying, like, you, you know how guys are like, oh, don't nobody want a girl who out here and they got options, like, da 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 which says more about you than it does me at the end of the day. Um, but 
So cut had the date or whatever. Then I think I'm, more. I think it's more. It's like I'm not gonna put my full attention towards you if you're not putting your full attention towards me, which is fair. That's not what's being said. So what? what well, like I said, let me get to the point. I, it's not know. the point. So I had the date, and then on Sunday I went and I had dinner with friends, and I was like having a sidebar conversation with my homegirl, and then this dude cut in. So there's a couple of things. One, a guy cut in and was like, "Oh, you date like a nigga," and I was like. I hear that too often. Um, then another point was, um, like, somebody was like, well, do you have, like, commitment issues? So me, like, the way I am, I'm a very anxious person. So I, you can say something, and it might not initially really, like, set in and, like, be a problem for me, but I do overthink things. But luckily for me, I'm at a place where I have my therapist. So today I went to therapy. And we had a nice little conversation about a little bit of everything. Also, I ran into this guy that I used to date at the gym yesterday, too. So that really got my, like, wheels turning. Because we were talking about that guy, me and my homegirls were, and how he was like, oh, like, he wanted to be more serious with you. But uh, you were out here dating multiple people. I just feel like that's very one-sided. If I'm dating multiple people and you're, like, one of those people, you have done nothing in our space of time to make me just want to date you so my whole thing is and i'm telling my therapist this i was like i'm not cut off to the idea of being in a relationship what i am cut off to is a half-ass nigga thinking that i'm about to be in a half-ass relationship i'm not going so i think a lot of people convolute that like when i'm like oh like yeah like i'll date this guy because the other part of it was we got on this conversation about so, back up. When I was on the date as well. You're taking the most indirect, like, you know how you sometimes No, I'm going to, we're going to talk about my therapy session. Okay. But I had to get background to how we got on the conversation at therapy. The other part of it, when I was on the date, the guy was asking me, because I, you know, I'm very open about, like, me being, you know, dating other people. So, he said, well, what about, what ever happened to the other guy that you were dating? And I was like, well, I was talking to him on the phone, and I didn't like his tone, so I just stopped talking to him altogether. Nigga, what? I didn't like his tone. Like, like you mean like the way he's said something? Yeah. And what? So, so it would be okay. Because I'm trying to understand. Because I want to like not let you have it, right? Excuse me. Because okay, so there's certain things. So it's like when you say a tone, was it like you guys kind of have like an argument type of thing? No. You just didn't like the way his voice sounded. Yeah. Nigga, what? So listen, he and I have been do- like talking, dating for some months. I realized like it went from we talked all the time to talk to some time to spotty conversations. So one night we were having a phone conversation and he rushed me off the phone to go in the damn gas station and said that he was going to call me back. And off that conversation alone, I was Did like. Did he call you back? No. Okay. See, but, but as think- soon as I hung up that phone call, I consciously was like, I'm not talking to him anymore. See, Okay. Maybe maybe I misunderstood because that's what you literally were saying, like how a nigga voice sounded. No, but that's that's why I looked at you. I was like, "That's what I'm saying." Like his tone was, "I'm rushing you off the phone," and that was enough for me to be like, "I'm good." So that was more of a straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Okay. See, okay, now that makes sense because I thought it was like a zero to a hundred type shit. Now I was about to like be very concerned and confused, but if it's a Oh, we already are, you know, kind of falling off, and I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, this last thing, we're just going to go ahead and just use that. All right, bet, cool. All right. 
Um, so continue on with your story about your your wet your therapist and anyways so on cut to sunday after i did that and i'm telling them like about the date and how i mentioned that part on the date and the dudes were like the same reaction you had which i think is like it plays into the idea like men are always like oh if your intuition is so good why did you like da 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 that was intuition intuition that kicked in and said this ain't it sis well i ain't got a problem with y'all using intuition as a as a thing if y'all actually like listen to it I listen to mine. Um, but what I, I think, and the reason why I think I say you date like a nigga is because I've heard this kind of similar, like, um, conversation with the gender roles flipped. Where it's like, where, 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 like, the man is, the woman wants to be in a relationship. And, like, she's kind of, like, ready to kind of really be in that committed, exclusive, one-on-one thing. And the man's like, well, you haven't shown me anything to make me want to feel that same way with you. Like, you haven't shown me something to make me want to drop everybody else and be with you. But yet, I've clearly shown you something. That's not on me. That's on you. So that's what, that's, I've heard that similar dynamic on the other side. I think that's, in this instance, this is where you date like a nigga. Because I've heard plenty of niggas like, she hasn't shown me anything to, like, make me want to drop everybody else I have. But yeah, she's actually, like, trying to pressure why me. we ain't together but the thing is these guys don't pressure me or it's usually like it what happens is because it's cincinnati these are conversations that happen after they've done like whatever our stint whatever we're calling these all situations so after our little situation is over then you go back to your friends and your friends bring that shit back to me and like it's always going those after conversations always get back to me and it's just like but if you felt that way you ain't never said shit to me I ain't, we ain't never had that conversation. You acting totally different. Like, I just find that shit to be funny. So, like, it's just, like, you could have felt that way, but how was I supposed to know? And it's one thing, like, I just feel like there's always the initiation of the conversation. So, you say, you, like, this is where you tell somebody, like, I like you. I want to see where this goes. And then, like, then at that point, you got to put action behind that. And then you got to, like... The thing about commitment is there's always going to be that conversation where y'all got to keep checking in and keep making sure that y'all are on the same page. So the only way a relationship is going to work is that got to be the foundation. And the reality is a lot of these men I date, like initially I could date them and the first couple of dates are like really good and we have a really good conversation. And then that shit goes by the, same, the wayside because niggas are not communicating. No one wants to express their feelings anymore. And then it's just like, where'd you go? You disappeared. Don't know where you've been. Anyway, so I went to therapy today, and we were talking about that. Uh, I'm glad you don't feel me, but you could, oh, whatever. Anyways, so we went to therapy, and we were talking about that today. And um, I just thought, thought it was funny because a, <laughs> a lot of people – I don't know. I guess they feel like in the last week or so, I've just had like a lot of people being like, well, you must have like a fair commitment if you can't if you can date people that you don't find yourself in a relationship. One, I'm 26. Love ain't about to elude me. Like it'll come when it's supposed to. Two, I guess a lot of people really have this gender normative. So that's why a lot of people like you date like a nigga. Because it's it's an, an application of a gender normative that men experience multiple people, as, whereas women don't as much. So when you like, I am a woman who come in who comes in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like I dated this person, da da da, and then whatever. He's kind of like, 
don't for why and that's like on both sides men will just be like oh you a nigga nigga and then women will be like what like you're spreading your energy then like <laughs> motherfuckers love to use the word energy in random ass fucking places fuck them like I can't I don't understand how you do that well I think why so, and so cause I, I've seen that I've seen the whole like I don't know how y'all I do this whole and you know most, I can only focus on one I'm like that's cool that's or great or you but I think also it's one of those things where those, those people who focus on one person or who say they focus on one person. Then you will put a lot of energy in them. And their, their shit is accelerated because they're like, nigga, I'm only focusing on you. On you. Why you only? Why can't you just And they be the same ones who be pressuring for that commitment. And then you'd be like, time out. Flag down on the play. I never said. <laughs> and that's when you get to, oh, oh fuck you, niggas. Like, you let me on. No, I didn't. See, See a lot of th- a lot of times people will leave themselves on and then will project that onto whoever. Now there's someone some, like me. Now there are some people who there are some people, men and women, who legitimately lead people on. They tell lies. They sell. Yeah, they sell yeah, dreams. They sell a dream. Whatever. But the majority, in my hot take, is not. It's is, not. It's, it's, it's just be a whole bunch of ignoring the red flags or like building some fantasy fantasy of a situation and like, then like wanting that shit to work out like people will take me being nice like oh you're coming over yeah i'm going to i'm going to see if you're hungry because i'm not i'm hungry and i'm not going to eat just eat in front of you without offering something that's how i was raised somehow trickle trigger something in the brain like oh this nigga really likes me no i'm not rude like me, like for and just or like even with men and women, like oh, this person's like paying attention to me and, and is noticing little things. She must really like me. No, she's a tentative. Like, stop leading yourself on and projecting that onto somebody else, and then take inventory of the actual facts that matter. Is my my hot take. I'm but I going. think with that, like that's where it comes in, where like people be like, "Oh, your turnover rate, basically." Got a turnover rate. Got said you got a turnover rate like TQL. Fuck TQL, by the way. Because it's like, oh, how can you be dating this guy this month, and then there's like two new guys this month? It's because I don't waste my time. Like, if it's not gonna work, it's not gonna work. There's always gonna be somebody else you could date. I think a lot of people just. We're so used to investing in people, and a lot and of times, people put like, a time we're, limit on shit. Yeah, like y'all. A lot of people are just investing the wrong amount of time in the wrong people, and it just is what it is. <laughs> I just ain't your girl. Um, because I think it's like people put a time limit not on everything. Oh, you know, if you want to be someone within like three months, right? Like, not really. Like you never like you don't know how long it's gonna take for you to be with one person until you're with one person. Or 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 some of like you know if you want to be in a relationship. Well, like for me, and I said this, I take actual committed relationships very seriously. So I'm not just gonna jump into a you're my girlfriend title if I haven't if I don't truly believe that like we can make some shit work. Because if I haven't seen you. In, in different situations, I've only seen you when it's been happy. I don't trust that shit. If the first argument that we have, you blow, you blow up and you stop texting me, and you or you do some foul shit, I need to know that before we get into a committed relationship. 
Because I'm not the nigga. I, I'm not going to cheat on you. I just won't get in a committed relationship in the first place because I need to know. That this is where I actually want to be. And that takes time. It doesn't, it's not a set amount of time either. It's not like, ooh, girl, it's eight, the 89th day. He going to figure this shit out tomorrow. No, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I get frustrated, but that's not, had nothing to do no, with No, I mean, I feel like I can agree with you on that sentiment, though, because I feel the same way. Like, I mean, Stephanie of yesteryears was definitely like, I was that girl too. Like, why does nigga don't want to be with me? Like, da, da, da. But I think, like, I am very appreciative about how my all my dating situations have played out because they played out exactly how they needed to at the end of the day. Time ain't wasted if you learn something from it. <clears throat> my time hasn't been wasted because I've always learned something from it. But the older I get and the more I allow myself the space to discover who I am, the less that I'm like, I don't know, like when I'm in love, like I will know. Like, there won't be a doubt about it because I don't know. At this point, I've done enough of self-discovery, discovery of other people, exploring what I like, what I don't like, time spent alone, time spent with other people to be like, okay. Like, when it comes into my life, I'll know. See, I don't know if I'll know because I've never felt it before. But that's the thing is, like, because I've experienced so much of what is not it, the difference will be so, like... Mm-hmm. And, you know, every time people who say they're, they're, like, experiencing love, like, that's always, they'll be like, you'll just know when you know. And I think a lot of people are like, well, how will you know? Because the it's experience abs- wasn't, a, the a, absence. It's an abstract thing. Like, like, love is not something that can be put in a box or defined, right? Like, it's an abstract thing that manifests in different ways for different people, right? And so because it manifests in different ways for different people, it's never it's never one of those, like, oh, it's going to feel like this or it's going to feel like that. Um, and for me, someone who people don't believe me when I say that, but like then I, then I kind of walk them through my dating history and they're like, oh shit, you're right. Because I've never experienced that. It's like, I don't know what it's going to feel, but kind of what you said, I will know what it's not because I didn't been. You done that enough. I'd have been, been in some situations where I know I never want to be that again. And there's nothing more, <coughs> there's nothing more like, I wouldn't say depressing, but it's just like, oh man, when you're in a situation and you know that, like, you don't ever want to talk to this person ever again after you leave them. We're just, we're just sitting there like, but after I leave this person, I go back in my car. I don't want to talk to them ever again. But we'll get into that later. I'm I'm still working on my ghosting techniques or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> ghosting. I've gotten way better at that, though. I don't ghost. Isn't... See, I, I put it like this. I think because various times where, like, we, if you wanted to talk to me. You, you would talk to me. And so if if we if we just suddenly just stop communicating. Is ghosting a overused term? Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Because I think it's one of the things where, like, if you wanted to talk to me, you talk to me. It's different if I'm just, like, not responding if to you. If you, like, going out of your way not to, that's ghosting. That's ghosting. But, but if, if like, just, you just, mutually just both stop talking, that's not ghosting. It just. It just happened. She and happened. both of you were just, like, eh. without saying words, were like. Eh. And it's usually, like, a situation that was never that serious anyways. Because if it was that serious, you would feel that that person. An obligation to have a breakup. Right. Most of us, like, let's be honest, in the year of millennials, y'all ain't even getting to that committed relationship. You're just being like. Y'all lucky if y'all get to the point where y'all share Netflix passwords. Because uh, that's, 
Because, listen, if I share a Netflix password with you, we go together for real. <laughs> fuck out of here. You ain't just going to be out here watching Narcos without me, nigga. To f- get, nigga, give me my shit back. Um, but, yeah, so it was like, if it's a mutual thing where it's like we just both kind of stop texting each other, that's not, yeah, ghosting, it's not be- ghosting. Because if you really care to reach out to me, you would have. Now, if you reach out to me and I'm out here dipping, ducking, and dodging, yeah, I ghosted you. And I don't do that. I've never done that. In like, retrospect, I've never done that either. So have I really ghosted? Probably. There's probably been like a situation where I have. I can't I'm think of it off the top of my head. There's, there's probably been a couple times where I'm definitely like, eh, I'm blocked. Or like, eh, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. But Hey, but I posted that tweet and I was like, hey, we talked about this in therapy and everybody reposted it with things that <laughs> Could you guys not crop that out? Like, I know I'd be talking about me going to therapy, but none of y'all could have just... Like, and here's the thing is, if, for iPhones at least, it's so easy. It's so easy. You just press cr- down. As soon as you screenshot it, the option to crop is right there. And even if you... you don't even, even leave the But screen. even on the IG story, you can literally just press the screen a little bit, and it'll take away all of that. At least the name. It'll take away the name, and you just like, bow. That's why I, I hate the, the ugly looking where you can tell... Where they, you can tell they just, like, like repost this... I thought I was the only one. That actually really bothers me. It really bothers me. Because I just feel like all you had to do was put just push it back or just crap. Like you. And then now with the IG feature, like if somebody posts a post, just go to that post and repost off the profile. It's clean looking. I just hate when people just be like, "Oh, nigga, that's funny." Click profile. Like no, just take like that extra. Yeah, it really annoys me. I'm just like ew. Niggas didn't even try. Fucking lazy ass motherfuckers. What's wrong? That's the first world issue. Because we get mad over how niggas screenshot now. Our, <laughs> our ancestors are looking down on us, shaking their head. But um, what else you want to talk about? What's your, what else you wanted to touch upon? Um, the other part of therapy we were talking about. Uh, so I told her how I ran into the guy that I used to date. And he was like describing the dynamics of his family and everything. Because I've. Mm, I've been really angry at, like, my parents lately and the dynamic of their relationship. Because you realize how they fucked you up? No, just how toxic their shit is. Like, angry in a sense of, like, just noticing the codependency Mm -hmm. and, like, how both of them probably should have, like, left each other or figured out to restart, how to restart. And they haven't. Like, they're just complicit in where they are now right. and it's like on both ends and my therapist was explaining it to me she was like what you have to realize is like for them while it looks like one is being used and the other isn't they're using each other they're manipulating the situation and controlling each other in certain aspects for themselves and I was like yeah I can't go like I would never want a partner that I feel like I have to control in order for them to fit into the mold that I want nor would I want to like be controlled by somebody. Right. And I said, I don't know, I guess it's because I'm at a point where, like, I date, and, like, it it don't take nothing for me to be, like, next. Because I'm not about to put up with whatever bullshit you're trying to throw my way. And then no. to, like, see my parents kind of put up with each other's bullshit, just be like, why? I want, I want better for I want more for the both of you. And I think, well... I think with them, and I can't speak on them... Yeah, I'm trying really hard, like, Without like putting their whole yeah, situation I can't up speak there. on them too much because you know they're still married. So, but I think right. when you get to a certain point of like years invested, you just you kind of just stay because even 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 I've seen one I've time s- I asked my mom. I said, if you ever found out if dad cheated on you, would you divorce him? And she, this girl was like, no, that costs too much. 
She said it's easier to stay together. It's, che- it, it's cheaper to keep her. It's cheaper, like it's cheaper to keep. Like we talk about building. If once you're together for so long, it's almost it's a codependency. Because I've even seen this, and not necessarily relationship like marriages, but long term relationships, like that recently like publicly ended. Like, like, oh my! It's like watching a car. It's like watching a car crash. Cause you want to look away, cause you're like you feel real shitty for like that secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, for like you feel like, real damn. shitty for like just like seeing this play out like it is. But it's also you can't look away, cause it's like oh shit, like they really dropping the tea on each other like this. Live your best life, like I guess. I guess, but, like, but walk off the internet. You know what I'm saying, like, bro. Handle that shit in private. Niggas will never stop. Posting their L's and their breakups on even today. Hey, this whole year was basically an L for me for real, but unless you like a real close friend, you honestly wouldn't know. Like, nigga, because even today on Twitter, like, someone posted, like, his baby mama saw all the furniture. I saw that. Once I got to the background, I said, This nigga cheated with a one armed girl. And then what the whole thing was about the her. Baby, was the spouse a one armed girl? No. The girl he cheated on her with was, was the, the one armed girl. girl. And apparently, like, she squirt, like, all over her. Bro, like, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> because he was trying to air her out, like, she was, like, a Real, dirty person. Because then she, she was it. like, oh, fuck you. This is what happened. not going to tell half the story. Now she's talking about getting a divorce. And then, but like, the, and then the like baby, the side, and, and then, like, the side nigga out here, like, I guess he didn't know the, oh, man. Like, was, the husband didn't know that the, but the wife could squirt, but the side nigga found it out. And it was, like, side nigga made her squirt, and it was just... It was, oh my god! It was a lot. In the, but, in the word of Joe, Joe Budden, everyone involved deserves a nasty award for all of that fuckery and bullshit. Uh, Joe, listen, the nasty, yeah. the nasty award is one that you give when people are being extra trifling and, and I will just never disgusting. know. I do not support Joe Budden. We've discussed, we've discussed that too, haven't yeah. we? He's just gonna have to keep uh, blocking me on the enters of the net. He's already blocked you. Originally, but then I got back on Twitter the other day and he said something about something somebody's relationship and I said, I know your abusive ass ain't talking and I just went and blocked him back. Cause I was like, why are you here? Because Block me back. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's codependency. And I think you after a certain amount of time together you build that codependency where you're not used to life without the other. Here's what happens. So I was telling her, I was like, you know, growing up I always had one feelings toward one parent and like their behavior and what they did to me and my sisters. And then now that I'm older, I'm like I have more of a like bitter bitter's not it. I'm not exactly sure it's bitter, but like festering anger. <laughs> towards the other parent for being so complicit and allowing it to happen. And the older I get, realizing that you don't see the role you played in this situation. And then outside of that, like, you don't, you're not angry at the partner, but you take out all your anger on your children. So now it's like one parent, and I'm like, you just ain't, you ain't going to be shit for the rest of your life. Then you just ain't going to be shit. And now the other parent, I'm like, nigga, this whole time you ain't been shit either. Mm-hmm. So then I was like... It, it, it fucks up a narrative that you had in your head. Of one versus the other. So then I was getting on the topic of running into an ex that I... This dude I used to date. Ex is a strong word. Anyways, this dude I used to date, entertain, whatever. And him, like, telling me the dynamic of his family. And he had one parent who was, like, abusive or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then my therapist was like, well, where was the other parent? And I said, well... 
he went to go live with that parent once to be like whatever and then she was like well did you ever ask him about the feelings or if he had like any bitterness towards the other parent for like allowing it to happen and she's so then we everything got spun together and she was like what happens is when you have one parent who's like abusive or not generally shitty yeah, you have one shitty parent and then one who's like seems like okay. You don't realize that once the dynamic of a parenthood is like not copacetic, not equivalent, they're not po- both pouring into you. It's not until later in your adulthood do you have bitterness for the other parent because what happens is you have like what's the word I'm looking for is on the tip of my tongue. Like you have so because you have because you have an like a, not a better like you still have to rely on that parent to keep you safe in the moment. Right, but you know that that person is generally a shitty person. Not the not the shitty parent. Not the shitty parent. The parent who allowed the shittiness. Yes. Okay, so like the parent who allowed the shittiness, you, you rely on them in the moment because they're the best of a not necessarily a bad option, but they're, they're the best option available. Right. And but then when you grow older and you're able to kind of look at things <clears throat> perspectively. From yeah, from from more of a different perspective, you realize that you weren't as good because there was a period when you you either you, you sat by while this took place. Yes, and because you were at a certain point, the you had to be complicit in that person's actions in order for actions to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, this is different than victim blaming because something like for certain times it was like. What, you had to be complicit in order to make in order for him him or her to believe that they are able to still go about their shitty ways. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize that, at, going back on it, you're like, "Well, what the fuck?" Like, what? And you want it's like a why thing. Like for me, I never had that why because I mean, I never knew the other parent. I never. It was like, you know, all right, cool. And so, because I never knew the other parent. I didn't necessarily get a chance to have. I mean, I have resentment to my biological father. Resentment! That's the word I've been looking for. I resent one of my parents. Well, I resent both of them, but I resent them differently. But you don't realize until you're older that you resent the, the appearing but, less shitty parent. Because they. Because those are formative years, right? And it's so important to be kind of shown proper ways to love, to manage emotion, to treat people during those formative years because that's that's how you're taught. Like and so in those when you are in a when you do see a toxic relationship with your parents or your mother or you have a single parent and they have like a rotation of boyfriends <clears throat> or girlfriends coming in and out of your life, some good, some bad or you don't have that rotation, like I didn't really have a rotation, and you just have like one person who's stressed the fuck out trying to make it all happen. Those kind of it influences how you see things and how you are taught to love and manage emotion and manage stress and manage people. Like, I mean, we're not caping for abusers, but most abusers grew up in abusive households. That's right. how they learned. How that's how they That's what, how they become abusive. What quote unquote love was. You continue the pattern of what you saw. Exactly. So then for our generation and so much access to things like whether or not you have the privilege of going to a therapist or not, you still have access to the ideas of like what is right and what is wrong. But in a different level than that of our parents, right? right? So us growing up in the year just like 
this ain't right. This ain't right. This ain't right. So you get on the internet and everybody's like, yo, I grew up with this and it ain't right. And then you had that one person who was like in the comment section being like, oh, well, I went to my therapist and they said this. And you're like, no, shit, like this wasn't right. So now we're at this point now where like everybody's like, okay, if we can all agree this wasn't right, I'm not going to continue to do this. And you have more people making that conscious decision. And then you kind of, that's when the resentment for like the almost not as shitty parents kind of sets in. Because you're like, why couldn't you? Why why didn't you get to the point that I got where I realized that wasn't okay and I'm not going to accept that. So why did you? But, and I think it comes with the times, right? And so like. Oh yeah. It's a generational thing. It's a general thing. Like even like the generation before us frowned on divorce frowned on like yeah it was revolutionary for our parents generations to get divorces frowned upon it and i think that's why sometimes i get like (laughs) when people say oh they don't they don't make men like they used to or they don't make women like they used to i'm like well they don't make men like my granddaddy anymore well your granddaddy was probably was probably a cheater and probably beating on her too he was definitely verbally verbally abusive and alcoholic (coughs) but i guess because you know he paid all the bills and and it was okay and changed your grandma's oil sure fuck it or like they don't make they don't make women like my 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 granny no more well your granny granny was was out here stealing money from your first stealing money from her granddad for the majority of his life and she kept lying to you about where those random bruises came from do you really want that to be your, your your model of happiness no but that's the crazy attachment that people still have, like... It's nostalgia. Because you, like... But families are so good at, like, especially black families. Like, they hide the bullshit. Yeah. And then they give you this surface level, you everything's good. the bullshit from slavery. But I think, like, it's different now. Like, like we get upset, like, why are y'all putting your business out? Da, da, da. We even just said, like, maybe yeah. 10 minutes ago. But at the end of the day, there's something to, like, a certain amount of people putting their business out that makes it's, you go... Because I, I think people put their business out for anything else to kind of hold themselves accountable to not go back. I would hope so. Like, well, there's no point in announcing that your husband's a cheater or your husband's abusive if you're going... And, okay. Let me make sure I say this right. I don't see a point in announcing that your husband's an abuser or your husband's a cheater or your husband's shitty or your or your wife is shitty if you're going to take that person back. Because that now that it kind of weakens your sanity. Because it's like, Yes, you just showed us all of these things, but like, you take them, but you, but you, but you, but you take them back after this, after like, he's done all of these things to you, he that he's embarrassed you, and so, yes, I think sometimes people put these things out there, their personal lives, as a sense of transparency, right? Like, hey, especially for celebrities, right? Like, hey, I'm not perfect. I go through real life shit just like everyone else. Here's my real life shit. And also, I was like, hey, I'm putting this out there. So now I can't go back to the toxic behavior that I've known because I've already put this out there for the world to see of what type of bullshit this person has put me through. Mm-hmm. And and especially if, you know, your friends and, you know, if you're, if you're a celebrity, your fans are going to try to make sure you honor that commitment. Like, even with Cardi and Offset or Beyonce and Jay-Z. I was listening to Rihanna on the way here, and I was listening to Talk That Talk feature and Jay-Z, and he was talking about... Um, about women fucking him. I was like, damn, but you really was all your fucking women on Beyonce. <laughs> Bitch. Listen, I think, but uh, I think that, that flies under the radar because oh, there's a lot of married rappers who still talk, you know, who still used to talk about, like, other women in the club. And I took I took it, especially when I was a little younger, like, oh, they just got to talk about that to appease their audience, you know? Um, 
But, like, I really think, I hope she does it. Just because I feel like they're better off apart. But Cardi's going Cardi? Back. You, Cardi you really think she's going back? I don't think she's going back. She already deleted the breakup video she posted. I don't think she's going back, though. If I had a, if I had a bet money, I'd bet it's like 50-50 for me. If I had a bet, if you put a gun in my head and like made me choose, I would say we're gonna go, we're gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna break, go back and break up again, type shit. Um, because she ain't Beyonce. She better get her shit together. <laughs> no one's Beyonce. No one's Beyonce. But I think I don't, I don't know if Cardi's ever used, been used to anything else. Uh, to some, I mean, the nigga before him was. Some you was waiting on a nigga in jail and he was cheating and wanting you from jail, which is wild. <laughs> nigga cheating on you from jail is wild, wild. But like because I don't think Cardi is used to. I don't think she has. She's ever had that like positive, healthy ass relationship. At least not from what I've seen. And so because of that, I think you know sometimes she may think that this is. I mean, she's already taken him back multiple times. Like you know, this is this is not like the first time Offset cheated and he took it back. Like and and she's even got to the point where she's trying to like flaunt more of her uh, female friendly like I like women side. Like hey, if you gonna go out and bring your girl, bring her home type shit. Now you looking licking pussy with tears in your eyes because you don't actually want to do it. Can't even tell if she would about your just you crying that shit crazy. Mm. But I would say I would say fifty fifty should take her back honestly. Until, until that divorce finals, 50-50. It might be cheaper to keep him, though, because apparently she got paying. I would, honestly, in a situation like that, I just wouldn't get divorced. I'd just be like, just go live my life by myself and my child and just not actually sign no papers. <laughs> Again, that's what most that's what most niggas, like, if you got that prenup like that. They but, didn't have a prenup. But no, if you got like that, if you got, if you don't have a prenup like that, or you got just one of go, those, just just start over life, divorce who, bye. And but that that was proven wrong because that's New York law. They got married, married in, in Atlanta. They got married. What's in Atlanta law? Don't know. I ain't, I ain't look that up because I don't really I ain't care that much about Cardi and Offset. Honestly, I'm not really looking forward to the hood version of Lemonade either. But you know, just to round out the point that my therapist was making. <laughs> We, we got off track, my fault. She just said, like, inevitably what happens if you are, in all honesty, the, there's importance in children growing up in two-parent homes, but there's there's importance in care, because we started talking about also, like, emotional labor, and I was just like, I'm not going. Like, I'm not, why I don't want to have kids, because I'm not about to take on the emotional labor of being that child's parent by myself, basically, and having a partner. A partner, quote unquote. Anyways, but to round it out after we started talking about my exes and stuff. And she's like, what happens is, regardless of the child, if a child doesn't grow up in a two-parent home of two loving, nurturing kids, they're going to have resentment towards parents, both parents at some point in their life. Because what happens is you're going to look at the parent who wasn't the shitty parent and you're going to look at them and be like, well, why didn't you leave or why didn't you strive for better or why didn't, like, you question them Mm -hmm. the older you get versus the other parent, you grow resentment for them for their behavior. So you don't question why as much as you you grow acceptance and then you look at the non-shitty parent and wonder why as the older you get. Um... But I never took on that perspective. And, like, even the dynamic of my parents, because that's where I am now, where I'm, like, growing resentment for the less shitty parent. Right. Versus, like, the one who grew, like, 
just was, was terrible out- our entire lives. Who was outwardly shitty. Yeah. And, and then, like, she was just bringing that back because I was saying how that person, like, went to therapy, but they didn't stay in therapy because once it got real, like, a lot of people leave because you don't actually want to deal with your shit. Not to a point where you got to, like, address it. Yeah. But, I mean... I say all that to say if you are going to have kids, don't be shitty parents. I really say all that to say all y'all need to go to therapy. And I know that's the privilege of me talking because I'd be going, but please go to therapy before y'all start having kids. At least go see a a priest. Not counselor? They be giving free counseling at the church, don't they? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't go to church. Some like some. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't go to a Catholic church because I know at the Baptist church when I've attended, they don't. There's no free counseling. More so, like you got. Hey, pastor, can you pray for me? That's like what, y'all need to talk to somebody. But I think reality is a lot of people don't need to be having kids. I said it. I'll addend. I'll addend. Annex that. I think a lot of people don't understand the commitment that having a kid is have is like you know what i'm saying like oh you don't want to marry shorty but you'll have a kid with her makes zero sense to me because you can get rid of a marriage you can you get rid of a kid once it's born and not even about like getting rid of them like that's like, like y'all have children and then like you're half-ass parents or you have kids and you don't even recognize like the toxic behavior that your parents instilled in you and you do nothing to stop that behavior and then you take it on to your kids. Another thing my therapist said, she said, because most people have, more people have daddy issues than they, they which was, that's how we kind of got on the conversation is like usually the, the dad is absent so we always recognize daddy issues but then the mom is like present but what? her complacency in what took place or she's just shitty so like Inevitably, all parent, all kids. If you're not growing up in a two-parent loving, na- nurturing home, you're going to have issues with both parents. It's inevitable. Yeah, I think shit. It was more so. It was like, cause the reason why is like a kid is basically like you gotta be in connected with that person for 18 years. No matter if you hate that motherfucker or you, and that's love just them. eighteen of them growing up. And that's eighteen growing up. That's not that's that's through high school graduation. If we're talking about life cycles. That's like you're t- gonna turn and have to rely on that child and hope that the child wants to take care of you once you become of a, a grown, a decrepit, that sort of age. And so it's just be mindful of who you choose to procreate with, and also make sure that you are doing the best that you can to be a a present. Uh, mother or father to your potential children. Listen, Whitney Houston said, I believe kids are the future. She ain't say just have the motherfuckers. She said, raise them right, please. Because a nigga like me will slap one of your badass kids. That's the thing, though. Can we stop hitting children? <sighs> we don't need to hit children. That can't be the first... That can't be the first uh, line of punishment. Try everything and make that the last resort. I think I can. But a lot of people use it as the first instead of the last. But I feel like if you are truly doing everything else before you get to hitting your chits, you won't need to. Some of these little kids don't listen, and sometimes, and sometimes people. If you are truly using all resorts more times than not, what your child did. Would not result in them actually needing to be hit. I hear you. I hear you. 
I just I I do know I do recognize how the, just the sight of like when the kids like throwing on tantrum in like the grocery store and you can tell like the mom is like trying to go through and it's generally like a Caucasian mom. Let's but be that's honest. just a child. Like but, children, when they lack the fundamentals of using their words or knowing how, then their first result is going to be to lay out on the floor and cry because that's their only way means of expressing. If you say, "Hey," like literally, if a child's having a tantrum like that. You can usually just be like, what's going on? It's usually something stupid, like they want Skittles. They want a Skittle. Then they're going to fall out because you're not giving them Skittles. You distract them with something else. But, I mean, like, that's literally just a patience of being a parent. A lot of y'all don't be having patience. And I think it's also secondhand embarrassment because it's like, because... Why are you doing this? Or or, or not even because you, you feel the looks. Because, like, even when I was, like, babysitting, you feel the looks of when, like, the kid's acting up and you just see all the judgment or, like control your kid like it might be feeling that sometimes like on airplane with a kid crying i'm like god i i, I feel you but shit like don't don't know don't want to don't know want to hear a baby cry on a cross on a cross-country flight from cincinnati to vegas <laughs> like when you're trying to know when you know you need sleep like but i don't know make make kidding your kids a last resort honestly because a lot of y'all who, who got whoopings Think y'all all right, but y'all not. Y'all not. Because y'all got whoopings to say, I'm all right, but then you wonder why you resort to violence at every, at every opportunity. Might be something to do with your raising. But let's go on to our vision board, our audio, visual, audio our vision board. Our audio vision board. It's 8 o'clock. Let's see if we could do this in half an hour. Yeah. I'll let you leave, take the lead because I don't. I, I ain't never create one of these before. Never ever? Never. So every year I do a vision board. Some years, the most, like, 2017's vision board was probably, like, the most, like, I was able to end the year, look back at it, and was like, that happened, that happened, that happened. I think it was literally, like, two things on there that didn't happen. One was moving to Chicago, and the other was getting a boob job. And that everything <laughs> happened. Yes, I put a boob job, and I keep putting a boob job on my vision board. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Anyways, um, so <clears throat> I figured it would be good because I feel like a lot of people have related and saying, like, yo, like, either 2018 was, like, one of those years where, like, not really anything happened or everybody was like, this was just a shitty-ass year. No, 2018 definitely knocked a lot of y'all ups- upside the head. Hey, but not for nothing. There was reason to it. And I've been, like... I study a lot of different, like, aspects of teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, astro- astrologically, it did what it was supposed to do. Like, it, if you had a very ebb year, like, it was supposed to be an ebb year. Um, from a spiritual standpoint, people who, like, do energy readings, they will also contest to, like, the year went how it was supposed to go. Um, I can post this this one astrological reading that I found about it. And then even I was really listening to a preaching today and they were saying like it was the same sentiment, basically like 2018 was a year of really showing you, you the patterns that, you, that you need you to leave that behind. One IG video? Well, I didn't see it on IG. It was funny because I watched it on YouTube and then I saw people reposting it, which is like the synchronicity of things like that have been happening so much for me lately. Like they were like. I have, like, a thought, like, a, a drifting thought towards something. The last few weeks, it's been loyalty. Like, that's been, like, a heavy, like, something about it. But it, it really played into, like, what everybody was talking about, how, like, in all honesty, like, I put a lot of loyalty, whether it be, like, 
for instance, me staying in this job that I fucking hate because of fear. Loyalty and fear are like neck and neck for me. And, and sometimes fear can be misconstrued as loyalty. Right. Or um, prolonging friendships that are no longer serving me and needing to get out of those situations or prolonging. I think the only thing that I haven't prolonged is dating situations where I'm like, but that's because yesteryears of me would have been like, we just going to stick this out. We're going to figure it out. And now I'm just like, if it don't work, it don't work. But I think, like, just that, like, that catapult of figuring that out with relationships has allowed me the space to figure that out with everything or even, like, just vocalize, like, the shit's not serving me and I got to say something. So I put a plan in and I my plan is to quit my job by the end of January. There are certain things that I have to get in order that will allow me to quit that job. So as long as I do those things, I am okay with leaving this job at the end of January. So that's going to happen. What happens after that? Question marks. Question marks. But it's marks on my vision board. I, like, that was the thing. It was like, all right, like, what's not serving me? That's, that's how I did it. Like, that's how I usually do my mm-hmm. vision boards when I sit down and do them. I think about what's not serving me, what's, what do I feel lack of, and what do I want to, like, speak into my life. And then once I ask myself those questions, I think about that. But then, you know me, and, like, there's, like, the big picture, and then right. there's, like, the actions Macro, macro versus micro. Yeah. So the job is a big thing. So, of course, like, a new job. But then it's what type of job do I want to work in. Because so, ain't no point in quitting a job just to get another job you hate. Right. So for me, I have these two podcasts, so I'm going to take these more seriously. Not that I don't, but take them more seriously as far as, like, the branding of them and really building them to a platform instead of just, like, whatever. Because I do want this to be some type of means of income. income. And outside of the still real estate. But the thing is, okay, like, I know real estate school is going to cost me X amount of money. I don't have X amount of money just sitting around right now. So if I can at least build these two platforms enough to bring in that amount of money, then I can get into real estate and then I can keep going from there. So, like, that's how I kind of, like, right work through it. Got it. So for me, I think the biggest thing, and it's something that a lot of people mentioned to me, it's like, it's like you've mentioned this to me, um, the chip on my shoulder, right? Like that. Um, that kind of just that hardened exterior. It's done It's done good for me and bad for me. Like the chip on the shoulder motivates me to have success. It motivates me because I want to prove people wrong, right? Like, wanna, and there's nothing wrong with that. And But it also is like I'm very distrustful. I don't let people in, especially romantically, because I'm like, last time I let somebody in, <laughs> it was a Trojan horse. And so... Have you seen that saying, not to cut you off, have you seen that saying where it was like, maybe, um, shit, why can't I remember it? Maybe... Because you have a memory of a goldfish. I know I do. Maybe the blank that was once serving you is now harming you. Well, maybe the asset or, or, or the sword or whatever. I don't know. But I know I know what you're trying to say. It was like the shit was like, there's something that used to benefit you can also can stop benefiting but you. But yeah, things are beneficial for a time and period, and then you got to learn when to let that shit go. And so, and so part of it is like to try to harness a good and, you know, get rid of a bad. Like, you know, kind of weed the flowers out of the weeds um, as far as that's concerned. And, you know, kind of let that exterior 
go a little bit. Um, I think for me, another one is always trying to just uh, is improve my position financially. And it's like, how do you do that, right? Well, it's kind of to be more aggressive in saving. Um, you know, get get it get get into a position where I'm at a better paying job, and all of that comes down to procrastination and organization. I am the world's largest procrastinator. I feel like like if it's do do tomorrow means do tomorrow, and it's been that way since high school. Middle school even, whereas like I've, I've will get late assignments or shit like that just to kind of make you know do it to the end because it's like I work best under pressure, but that's not an efficient way of going about doing things in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like oh, like and so it's probably cost cost me some some opportunities that I could have attained because of my procrastination and my lack of organization. Um, so those two things getting the chip off my shoulder and then becoming more organized and becoming more uh, punctual are probably the two highest things on my priority list Um, because everything else, the uh, tangible things, if we're going to be derived from one of those two things. And so to be able to kind of whittle it down, and I'm not sure if it's how Vision Board actually works, but fuck it, we're here now. Um... To kind of be like, these are the two things that you need to focus on. Um, and also, the third, the third thing is, this will be the last year I'm unhealthy, mentally, spiritually, or physically. Cause I, you want to go to the gym with me? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I got a gym pass. I just need to, like... You got LA Fitness? Uh, I got a gym in my shop. You know what I'm saying? I'm supposed to say, we could go... You know I love going to the gym together. I, mean, I got... It's, it's more so it's like trying to... Because we're talking about organization, right? It's always like finding time and then procrastination. Like, oh, I'm tired, or oh, I got this to do and that to do, and it's like, okay, but you're always gonna have this to do and that to do. So what? Figure the shit out. And you know, I went to therapy um, for the first time in a while. You're trying to restart, restart that again um, to kind of make sure my mental health is is up there. Because what's the point in being physically healthy if your if your mental is fucked up? And then spiritually, I think it goes back to kind of having that chip on your shoulder, and I think, I think that mindset of everyone's out to everyone's out to get you can can be harmful, and can and can, uh, kind of intoxicate you, and kind of infect you. It's with this mindset of like fuck everybody, it's me against the world, and it's not you against the world. Like, for example, this is gonna release on Friday, which is gonna be in the midst of like the weekend of. We're celebrating my birthday because when your birthday is three days before Christmas, it's kind of hard to celebrate it on actually your birthday because niggas are gone. Niggas are leaving to spend time with their families. Totally understand. But, like, people are coming down from Columbus because they want to celebrate, like, my birthday. And people are, like, rearranging their plans because they want to be there to help me celebrate. Like, that shit's wild to me. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like... I've always been kind of raised as like these niggas don't fuck with you like this. Like they don't like they don't love you for real. Like they don't fuck with you for real. And like the actions are like no nigga. Like if they ain't fuck with you, they wouldn't come down from Columbus in in the middle of December to spend time with you in Cincinnati. Or these people wouldn't you know fly back down from like going to Athens for their sister's graduation and then immediately come back down because they want to spend time with you. 
understand that it's, you ain't got to do shit on your own. And I think that's something that ideally in 2019, I'll be able to kind of grasp a little bit more is mentally, spiritually, and physically being healthier. The organization and the procrastination issues decreasing and the chip on the shoulder becoming a thing of the past. That's what I got. Did I do well for my first vision board? You did, but did you? I don't know how to do a vision board, so I just talked about the shit I want to achieve. <laughs> so help me make that do a vision board. <laughs> um. All right. So I do these things called my new moon rituals, which is so this is perfect timing that there was a new moon the other day, so I can just like kind of put what I put on there. There is nothing wrong with what you did. That's perfectly fine. Like that's that's what you see. You want to see happen for the next year. Like that's it. All right. Um. For me, like outside, of, so. Oh, I write in cursive. Please. Yo, why you read? Why you try to read that? Let's understand. Them teaching us cursive in the fourth grade, saying, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta use this," because as you get older, we only write in cursive. Was one of the biggest fucking scams of. No, I only write in cursive. You're one of few. I know. I'm very few. You know what I started? Okay, I know this is going to sound strange to people, but so when I when I was like. A couple of years ago when I was trying to figure out, like, my, my place in spirituality, somebody was, like, saying, like, there's something to, like, a casting of a spell if if it's, like... In cursive. because the connection of the words, there's no spaces in between. And I guess that just stuck with me, so I made it a goal a couple of years to just start writing in cursive. And now, like, my cursive actually looks better than my regular handwriting because I just use it way more. It's not chicken scratch, but it, at the end of the day, it's cursive. So, like, when you go to read it, you have to, like... You have to remember what yeah, you Yeah, like, what part am I trying to go to? <laughs> um, like, for instance, I put in there... So, like, my words... Uh, I track people with my words and the things are in perfect alignment with my highest good, blah, blah, blah. So then, like, so that was, like, an overdrawn, like, I attract people with my words. So then I flesh that out by saying, like, I'm turning myself into a brand. Okay, how am I turning myself into my brand? Which I always felt a way about this, but at the end of the day, like, essentially having two podcasts, I am turning myself into a brand because... Everything I even do though is, you hate it, even though you you hated the whole. You know it's it, you know I hate it. You out of anybody, you know I hate it. Listen, what's, what's day, like I use a we have two. Well, I have two podcasts. All I do is speak all the fucking time. So the Harvey Dan quote: "You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain." Um, while I was speaking on it, yeah, shout out to the Secret Soft Society podcast. They invited me as a guest. Uh, couple to, you know, come up there and record with them. And while you're talking about, you know, being on multiple podcasts, wanted to give a shout out to them. They may they, they have listened to the podcast. They felt enough, you know, that I could add to that for this, I guess. What podcast is this? Called The Secret Sauce Society. Um, Who's on it? Um, It's out of Dayton. So out of, so. The so, one that Alex is on? Yeah. Gotcha. And so hmm. they, they felt like, you know, I could come and add some good come good content to us so shout out to them continue i just wanted to give that shout out no you're totally fine so then it was okay so i i attract people with my words then i said all right like from that i'm turning 
myself into a brand well how am I doing that I have two podcasts right so then it's fleshing out like the type of success I want to see happen from both so I want both of them to with this one I want it to be through the advertisements that we get the other one is more like an an event based one so it's kind of different and the content between both are like totally different but I made a goal for us like I want to do more live shows with Calvin in the shoot your shot podcast and then with the one with Natalie it's like okay like I want to be able to take it from, like, the brunch event to, like, a paid brunch event and having the... But even at that, like, that brunch is only $10, so y'all might as well just get yourself in there. Um, But, yeah, so, like, that was fleshing it out, and then I said from that... Sorry. And so, because everyone, everyone does have a brand, whether it's good or bad. And I think... Kind of feeling off of that. Oh, uh, like, I don't know. Physically. But here's the thing, because, like, look, okay. I know, I know, I know. Let's use the word reputation, because I don't like when you do that little exorcist Ugh. thing that you do. Um, every, but everyone has a reputation that comes that precedes themselves, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Like, people look up to me like, oh, you hang out with so-and-so, so that, means, that just means you must be X, Y, and Z. That's a reputation, and it's a brand, quote-unquote, because of that person and how their actions have influenced people. Everyone kind of has a brand or a reputation, and some people care about it. Some people don't care about it. That's just how it is. I'll let you look, go back to your your your, 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 uh, your talking and everything like that. Oh, no, you're totally fine. So, like, that was fleshing out, and then I was, like, then from there I was, like, okay, like, my goal is to use the money that I make off of the podcast and the advertising and things, which it's more fleshed out in that, like, as far as, like, because you and I know how many listens it takes for us to actually see money come off of it, right. blah, blah, blah. So, Tell your friends. <laughs> um, so then from that, and it was, like, all right, from there I want to use the extra money that I make off of this so that I can get my real estate license unless somebody would like to donate some funds to me, my... Cash app is dollar sign SR Bohannon. Thank you so much. Shit, if you cash out me, my birthday's coming up. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you, if y'all niggas out here feeling generous. Support the dream. <laughs> Anyways, and then from there, I was like, all right, like, I do know uh, by May, I've already had this goal in place, so I'm saving up currently to get into a new apartment, whether it's in the city or out of the city. Either way, come May your girl's moving. So that's, like, the other goal that I have for myself. So then I fleshed out, like, all right, I know I want to move. I started, like, visualizing, like, what do... This is also, like, a type of meditation, too. It's called visualizing visualization meditation. Right. So well, then... I'm aware of that one. Yeah. So I started, like, thinking about, okay, like, what do I want the my dream apartment to look like i know i want like the grayish tone hardwood floors i know i want the all white countertops with the white cabinets with the new silver uh, silver appliances and i want an open floor concept between the kitchen and the family room right. and the dining space and i want big open windows because i like bright brightness brings me like a warmth, and I want gray walls in there, and like gray accent walls, but light gray because I don't want it to take away from the brightness. And when you go into the bathroom, I want like a white marbleish, because marble costs a lot, marbleish countertop, and like a really claw. I want a claw bathtub. So then, like, I fleshed all that out. I think that's kind of where I ended it, actually. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And then outside of that, it's like I'm at a place where oh, the last thing I put on there was like I am accepting love to enter in my life in whatever means it means it's supposed to for the time being. So mostly it. Yeah, I mean, I just want to be around love, <laughs> like especially this weekend, this weekend, next couple weekends, holiday time. Just want to be around good energy, good love, all that shit. Because it's like this 2018's been it's, it's been a lot of hate, a lot of a lot of hate, a lot of vitriol. You know what I mean? And it's like that's not healthy, and I know it's not healthy. So what can we do to kind of at least end it on a good note? As far as like being around people that care about you, and people who genuinely want to see you succeed, and that's kind of what I want to be able to do in 2019 is to only give my energy to the people who genuinely want to see me succeed. And the rest of y'all, y'all can still watch, but <laughs> when I ain't giving my energy to you, y'all can just watch from the sidelines, like y'all been doing. <laughs> You know what I want you to do? What you want me to do? In 2019, stop giving so much credit to your haters, bro. Like, we're going to do this thing where we have success and we don't even credit or even talk about or even bring up, like, the haters. <laughs> it's not necessarily the haters. Like, haters is a cliche term, right? I know everybody's not hating on me, right? I'm not. It's more so it's like just people in general, whether you're hating on me or whether you're not, that just bring the negative energy around. I think that's what I'm focusing on. And I think I focus on it in order to make sure I don't slip into it. Like, if I readily know that it's there, mm-hmm. I won't slip into it because I know it's there. It's like me pointing out the banana on the floor before I step on it. That type of thing. I don't think I got haters like like that. I, I don't think you're like that, but I think, like, I don't know. It's just not something I would ever, like, it's just not worth it. It's, it's not. And I'm working on being able to be more at peace with myself to understand that. Um, But God's still working on me. I ain't there yet. <laughs> God's still working on all of us. I ain't there yet. So sometimes I, I, I'm growing. I don't cuss people out anymore. I'm growing. I'm working on myself. And it's a process. Rome wasn't building today. Okay. And neither was Atlanta <laughs> with all their trash ass roads. And I'm working on it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to focus on the love instead of the other. Not even the hate. Just the other. So. Anything else we got? No. Alright. As always, hash when you when you are listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes. And you know what? During this holiday break, I'm gonna figure out how to get this on Spotify. But Spotify want money. I'm like, shit. <laughs> y- y'all sure? Well, we need to be setting up a cash app for <laughs> this year podcast. Spotify want money. And I'm like, I'm like, donate to our cash app so we can keep giving y'all content, okay? Um, and so, but when you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, make sure you screenshot and hashtag Podin. That's P O D I N. And also tag us at Shoot Your Shot Pod or uh, SYS Podcast on Twitter. Um, again, if you have anything as far as like stuff you want us to speak about, stuff you want us to talk on. Um, again, reach out to us. Our social medias are always in the description below. 
Um, we do have a live show coming up. I'm gonna I'm gonna tentatively announce it once I know it's locked down and everything is needed to be done. Cause I don't wanna announce it and be like, LOL JK. Um so we do have a live show coming up very, very, very soon. We may or may not be taking a break at the for Christmas, New Year's. You know, might be good if we do though. Might be. I think. I think. I think next week is going to be our last episode of twenty eighteen. And then take two weeks off and yeah. kind of like come back refresh, fresh. brand yeah. new for the new year. Brand new for the new year. Um. So. So. So mm, next. We week. might have to talk about that. Actually, that might be good. I, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, there we go. All we right. decided. <laughs> so next week will be the last episode for this year, and then we'll come back in 2008, refresh. 2019. We're going to revamp some things. Work some shit out. Get the kinks out. Because we're, tr- we're really out here trying to make sure we're giving the best possible episode every week to you guys, the people who listen to us faithfully. Um, we appreciate those who are riding with us, you know, while we try to f- figure some things out. Your support does not go unnoticed. Believe me. So, yeah. Our last episode of the year will be next week. And then this will be releasing on Friday. Come out to my ugly sweater party on Friday, December 14th at Queen City Radio. Come out to uh, the uh, more upscale celebration, um, Newport Newport Ultra, Ultra Lounge on December 15th on Saturday. And my actual birthday is December 22nd. So we'll discuss my actual birthday next next. Next week, because I'm not gonna make sure. I'll make sure y'all don't forget that, because you know I'm petty. But again, thank you for all listening. Um, I know I'm rambling a little bit. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. We do see it. And I promise we are working on becoming even better for you all. My phone just dropped. Um, <laughs> I was like, "What was that?" I got scared. My phone just dropped. But uh, signing off, it's your boy C Diddy, aka Kyrie Curving, aka December very own, and your girl Steph. We are out. See ya. Peace and blessings. A second shift production.